the Sports Dom Podcast, or the SDP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. Today on the podcast, we will talk about the Thanksgiving special is the name of the podcast today. We talk about Thanksgiving football preview, day one of college hoops, more NBA free agency talk, reaction to the college football playoff ranking, and the Atlanta Braves sign Charlie Morton, the right-handed pitcher from the Tampa Bay Rays, on a one-year deal. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Thanksgiving. Today is Thanksgiving. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to all the fans that are listening to this podcast. Even though it's a different year, I hope all of you are staying safe and have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday season. Uh, the poll question um, for today is, of course, you can vote at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question is, should BYU be higher in the college football playoff ranking? And the results are in, and BYU is running away with it by saying they should be ranked higher. Um, but before we get today's episode started, let's get a quick update on the NFL, MLB, and college football. Bad news for Tampa Bay Rays fans. ALCS MVP Randy Arozarena has been deta- detained in Mexico for a domestic violence charge that involves his girlfriend. He has not been charged and might be released in two days. The Rays have been notified and will look into the situation down the road. The MLB also opened an investigation that involves the 2020 ALCS MVP. Uh, Ravens versus Steelers game, the Thanksgiving game, has been canceled. Because of the positive test for the Ravens, the game had to be rescheduled before Baltimore traveled to Pittsburgh. The game has now been reset to Sunday at uh, 1.15 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Earlier in the week, running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins tested positive for COVID. And Brandon Williams, the defensive tackle, was placed on the COVID-injured reserve list because of close contact tracing. According to multiple sources, more players from the Ravens tested positive for coronavirus and also had to close contact with certain players that had tested positive. It's too bad the best game on Turkey Day was postponed. It would have been a fantastic game. The five other players in the Ravens roster had tested positive. That includes Pinnell McAfee, Matt Sakura, Trace McSorley, Patrick McCarry, and Calais Campbell. After the game was moved, many Pittsburgh Steelers players tweeted that included Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron about their complaints. Uh, Nick Saban, the University of Alabama head football coach, has tested positive for coronavirus and will not be able to coach at this week's game versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Saban will be required to quarantine for at least 10 days and have tested negative before he can return to the University of Alabama facility. If he's fine after 10 days, he will be able to coach on December 1st versus Arkansas, or December 4th versus Arkansas in the last game of the season. A month ago, Saban tested positive for coronavirus, but it was deemed a false positive after he tested three days or tested negative three days in a row. The 69-year-old coach will not be able to communicate with the team on Saturday's game versus the Tigers. However, you can communicate with the coaches and players on practices. Offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian will be the interim coach on Sunday. Sarkeesian also coached, uh, also will be coaching offense and was a head coach for USC and Washington before becoming the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have signed the former Pittsburgh Pirate, Philadelphia Philly, Houston Astros, and Tampa Bay Ray. Charlie Morton played last season with the Rays and helped Tampa Bay reach their second World Series in franchise history. Morton has been in the league since 2008 and is a two-time All-Star, World Series champion, and a former MLB second team in 2019. Morton was the pitcher for Tampa Bay to finally finish Houston in the ALCS. Tampa Bay almost blew a 3-0 lead, but held on to win in seven games. The Rays would eventually fall to the LA Dodgers in the World Series in six games, but Tampa definitely overachieved last season. The deal is reportedly worth one year, $15 million. My thoughts are, 
Well, the Braves, I think they've gotten better. They signed a very good pitcher in Charlie Morton, who, yes, he's 37 years of age. He's getting up there. Didn't play great in the World Series, but he had a pretty solid postseason game, and he was finally able to finish the Houston Astros after all the pitchers for Tampa Bay could not finish the 2017 World Series champ. So I think the Braves got better with that. Is this a good signing for the Braves? I think it absolutely is. As I've just mentioned, it's a great pick, uh, pickup by the Braves. They've had a great history of picking up players on one-year deals. It includes last year's Marcelo Zuna, who was in the MVP conversation. And um, I think, I don't know if this makes them get that next step, which would be the World Series, because they were one game away last year from getting to the World Series. But they blew a 3-1 lead to the eventual World Series champ Dodgers. But I definitely think it's a, a step in the right direction. How well does Morton do with the Braves? Well, I think he does good. I don't know if he'll have as good a year as he did last year or what he had in 2018. But I think he plays good. I don't think he makes the all-star game, our all-star team this year. But I do think the, he does well with the Atlanta Braves and helps them win the NL East again. And there is a very good chance to make the World Series what they could not do last season. Um, NBA free agency continues. Many of the top free agents have been signed or traded to their new team. However, there are still some good players left. And let's find out who those players in the league have signed with. Brandon Ingram is signing a five-year, $158 million deal to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans. The reigning most improved player of the year and the former number two overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft will reunite with Zion Williamson. Ingram had his best season of his career and made it to the All-Star game for the first time of his career. Ingram was a great addition to the Pelicans after being traded for Anthony Davis. Bogdan Bogdanovich is signing with the Atlanta Hawks on a four-year, $72 million deal. The Sacramento Kings have declined to match the deal the Hawks offered. Before free agency started, the Milwaukee Bucks had thought they signed Bogdanovich. However, he turned down Milwaukee and instead decided to enter free agency as an unrestricted free agent. According to multiple sources, Giannis Antetokounmpo wanted Bogdanovich on the team and was his first choice for free agents. The Detroit Pistons and Houston Rockets have officially agreed on a sign-and-trade deal that would send Christian Wood to the Houston Rockets. The Lakers' 2021 second-round pick would also go to the Rockets, and they would also get the Pistons' 2021 first-round pick. The Pistons, on the other side, received Trevor Ariza, the draft rights to Isaiah Stewart, cast consideration, which could be up to $4.4 million, and the Rockets' future second-round pick. Gordon Drogic is staying in Miami. Drogic is signing a two-year, $37.5 million deal that includes an $18 million salary for the 2021-2022 season. Drogic was traded from Phoenix to Miami in 2015 and helped lead the Heat to their first NBA final since 2014. Drogic was a huge help to a surprising Miami team that took the Lakers all the way to six games despite not being 100% healthy. Jeremiah Grant is signing a three-year, $60 million deal to join the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons and Denver Nuggets officially made a sign-and-trade deal for Grant. Grant spent last season with the Nuggets and helped Denver reach the Western Conference Finals. The Detroit Pistons also signed Grant's former teammate Mason Plumley and traded Christian Wood to the Houston Rockets. The Washington Wizards have re-signed sharpshooter Davis Bertans to a five-year, $80 million contract. Bert, Bert, Bertans last season was traded from San Antonio to Washington and made the Spurs regret deciding to trade him. Last season, Bertans averaged 15.4 points a game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and, 42, and shot 42% from the three-point line. Bertans also was a candidate for the sixth man of the year last season. The LA Clippers lost Montrose Harrell, but they regained Marcus Morris. They officially signed him to a four-year, $64 million contract. Morris was picked up by the Clippers last offseason before the bubble. Last season, Morris averaged 10.1 points a game, 4.1 rebounds per game, and averaged 28 minutes per game. 
Contavious Caldwell Pope is returning to the LA Lakers. Pope got a nice contract that is worth $40 million over the next three seasons. KCP was a great asset to the Lakers during their championship run last season. Before free agency started, KCP was one of the top targets for the Lakers to bring back this season of free agency. And lastly, DeMarcus Cousins has officially agreed on a contract with the Houston Rockets. Last season, Cousins stayed with the Lakers, or signed with the Lakers, but Torres ACL and was waived immediately by L.A. According to a report done by ESPN, the contract is a one-year deal, most likely a veteran minimum. DeMarcus Cousins was a former All-Star with the Kings and Pelicans. Cousins also was a member of the Warriors in 2019. The first edition of the College Football Rankings was revealed on Tuesday night on ESPN. To nobody's surprise, Alabama and Notre Dame were ranked one and two. However, Clemson is ranked third and Ohio State is four. Most believe the reason why Clemson is ranked above Ohio State is because the Buckeyes have only played four games and the Tigers have eight games played twice as many. But the big surprise was that BYU was ranked so low. The Cougars are undefeated and were ranked eighth in the last AP rankings. But the first edition of the college football playoff ranking had them ranked 15th. I understand they haven't played anybody and are independent, but I think this is ludicrous on why they are ranked so low. The rest of the top 10 are Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Northwestern, Georgia, and Miami. What rankings, what should the rankings be? Well, in my opinion, I think the top four is right. I think Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State is a good ranking. But I think Texas A&M is a little too high. I would put Florida at five. I would probably put Cincinnati at six. Um, I would probably put Texas A&M there at seven. Georgia, I think I'd actually put Georgia above Texas A&M. I'd have Georgia at seven, Texas A&M at eight. I would probably have North. I'd probably have BYU actually at ninth and Northwestern at ten. I don't think Miami should be in the top ten. They, in my opinion, didn't really look good when they played against Clemson, and I still don't think Miami is that impressive. So that would be my top ten. Um, is BYU a legitimate contender? I think they are. I mean, they really haven't played anybody, and so they really aren't able to prove to anybody. But wouldn't it be great if they could play a game with a Power 5 team that or a team that was in the Power 5 conference because that team had to have one more game to qualify for the championship game? Like if Ohio State was only able to play five games and needed that, and they needed that sixth game, they could schedule with BYU. That would be absolutely great. And even if BYU, they don't have to win. All they have to do is play Ohio State really well, and I think they would be considered for a college football playoff. And this is the reason why I think the college football playoff should have been expanded from 48 teams, but that's a little too late now. Um, right now, who is in front of the Heisman consideration? Well, a lot of people, including Dan Patrick, the host of the Dan Patrick Show, have said that Justin Fields has taken himself out of the race and Kyle Trask is now the front runner. I would disagree with them. Yes, Justin Fields didn't have a great showing. Um, did have a great showing against Indiana, but they still won the football game. And in my opinion, Justin Fields, it's his to lose. And I think he's still at number one. A lot of people have Kyle Trask there up top. Mac Jones, another guy getting a lot of consideration. Zach Wilson kind of hasn't gotten much from BYU, but I think he's still in the conversation. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has missed too many games to be even in the conversation. So, but I still think Justin Fields is the Heisman front runner at the moment. College Hoops is finally back. It's been over nine months since we have seen it. But yesterday, a full slate of college basketball games happened, and I will give you all the updates on the top games of the day. Here are some scores that happened on Wednesday. Fourth-ranked Virginia versus Townsend. Eighth-ranked Illinois versus NCATNT. Seventeenth-ranked Houston versus Lamar. Fifth-ranked Iowa versus NC Central. Tenth-ranked Kentucky versus Moorhead State. Number 16, North Carolina versus Charleston. Seventh-ranked Wisconsin versus Eastern Illinois. And third-ranked Villanova versus Boston College. 
Here are some of the scores. Fourth-ranked Virginia cruised past Townsend 89-54. Fifth-ranked Iowa creamed NC Central 97-67, led by Luca Garza. Number eight, Illinois had no problem versus NC State 122-60. Tenth-ranked Kentucky smoked Moorhead State 81-45. Thirteenth-ranked Michigan State defeated Eastern Michigan 83-67. North Carolina led by, or sorry, North Carolina blew past Charleston 79-60. Texas Tech crucified Northwestern State 101-58. And West Virginia beat South Dakota State 79-71. Villanova, third, which is third ranked, held on to beat Boston College 76-67. Wisconsin was still in action at the time of this recording. It's been a long time, but I'm just glad college hoops is finally back. I know I've said that a lot, but we didn't even know if college basketball was going to be coming back. And as of right now, there is no plans for the NCAA to delay the NCAA tournament again. So it's going to likely be played in March. Uh, most of the teams that were in action in the top 25 weren't really close games, and I didn't expect it because the teams they were playing were not great. But again, I'm just so glad. And even if there's little to no fans at all, it's going to bring some normalcy with college basketball finally back. Because again, we didn't even know after, or even just a few months ago, we didn't even know if college basketball was going to come back. So it's just, it's great that, you know, college basketball is back and, you know, um, we had some exciting games. Um, what team looked the best? Well, Iowa looked pretty solid. Illinois, are they finally back? It seems like they are. Um, Villanova was not as impressive as I thought they were. Maybe Boston College is a better team, but Villanova, they had some scares, and they struggled shooting free throws, so that's not a good sign. Um, you know, North Carolina looked pretty decent. Um, I just uh, – you know, Virginia looked pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, I know it's against Townsend, but they had really no problem. And Michigan State was pretty solid. They beat a very decent Eastern Michigan team. Um, what players were the best tonight? Well, Luca Garza from Iowa was good. Uh, Remy Martin of Arizona State. Uh, those two players were probably the most impressive. Um, really, I don't know who else was really that great. I mean, Luca Garza dominated NC Central. Um, Remy Martin was outstanding versus Rhode Island. Um, Arizona State has something. I think Arizona State's going to be a very good basketball team, especially when you have probably one of the best players in the nation or showed that he was one of the top players of the night. He was on sports center. I don't know if any of you guys caught that on Wednesday night, but uh, Remy Martin was very impressive. What team are you most excited for? Well, it looks like Illinois is going to be decent. And I know we haven't really seen Illinois that great, but maybe they're, they might be pretty exciting to watch. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if they have a chance to compete for the big 10 championship game this season. Um, you know, Virginia's solid. They are technically still the defending champions. Um, I will, I was a lot more impressive than I thought they were. And I didn't think Luca Garza was that great, but I think tonight he showed people, including myself, that he is why he's a preseason all American. So all those teams, I'm very excited to watch, um, right now, who is the best player in basketball? Well, I think Remy Martin is the best in college basketball. He showed that versus Rhode Island. I know it's only one game, but Remy Martin is solid. Uh, Kate, Kate Cunningham's pretty good. Luca Garza, of course, is excellent. I'd say those three players are right now the best in college basketball. And can I predict a sleeper team? Uh, It's hard to say, but Boston College could be the sleeper team because they almost win. They win. They almost beat Villanova at the 2K Empire Classic. Um, It's just really, really hard to say. So I would probably say Boston College at the moment. Thanksgiving football preview. Thanksgiving football is a huge NFL tradition that happens every year with the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. The Lions host the Texans, and the Cowboys play their bitter rival, the Washington football team. But for the first time since 2005, there will only be two games, and there will be no night game. Since the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers game that was supposed to happen 
on Thursday night has been moved to Sunday because of multiple COVID tests. We talked that on the first, or we discussed that in the earlier part of, of the podcast. But I will give you my thoughts on the games that will be played on Turkey Day. Lions versus Texans. Well, when this game was originally scheduled, both were projected to make at least a run to the playoffs. The Texans were supposed to likely win the AFC South again, and the Lions were supposed to come out of the ashes and finally make it to the playoffs and maybe even get a playoff win for the first time since 1994. But it's not going to happen because the Lions, let's be a little legit, real, realistic, they're not making the postseason. And we know the Texans are definitely not either. Um, it's just a shame because Deshaun Watson is so good, but he has really nothing no one to throw to because they traded his best receiver Teandre Hopkins and it seems like Matt Stafford is getting killed every day because his offensive line is terrible and his team is just not good so I mean this game isn't super exciting I'm not super psyched to watch it but I'm gonna watch it because I love football and I love sports so I mean that's kind of my thoughts on that game uh, predictions for the game I do think the Lions win by 7 31 24 um, I think DeAndre Swift rushes for over 100 yards. Um, I'm not sure if Kenny Galladay is coming back. I think he's still very doubtful. Uh, Matt Stafford needs to be protected. If they can protect him, he's going to have a field day, and I think they're going to because, let's be honest, the Texans are just not good on any side of the ball. Um, so I think the Lions doing it winning by seven points. Um, what do both teams need to watch out for? Well, first of all, the Lions have to play defense, and they have to be able to protect Stafford, and they need to be able to run the football. Those three things they need to do, if they do two of those three things, they win the game. On the other side, the Houston Texans need to have someone bail out Deshaun Watson because are not bail out Deshaun Watson. They need someone to help with or help Deshaun Watson. He's got to find a better target. I mean, Randall Cunningham, or not Randall Cunningham, Randall Cobb um, right now, it seems like his best receiver. That's not good. Brandon Cooks, no. Um, Kenny Stills, I mean, you got to get a better receiver for Deshaun Watson. Maybe the running game's got to get better. But they've got to figure out how to protect Deshaun Watson, and he's and a receiver's got to step up. And the defense needs to be able to put pressure on Matt Stafford and shut down the passing game so they can force the Lions to run the ball. And if the Lions lose, does Matt Patricia get fired? I think he absolutely does. I mean, it's technically be a mini buy for the Lions. We'll have 10 days off. And I think if Matt Patricia gets fired, then Bob Quinn does as well because Bob Quinn was the reason why Matt Patricia's here. They were a playoff team, and they fired Jim Caldwell. What were the Lions thinking? I mean, most Lions fans thought he was a good hire at the time, but now the Lions fans are saying, you know what? We had it great with Jim Caldwell, and we got rid of him because we supposedly weren't winning many big games. And then we bring in Matt Patricia, who would dream of going 9-7. and And his best record, I think, was what? 5-10-1? and I don't think that's right. But last year, they were terrible, and Matt Patricia's just not a good coach. So I think, they get, I think he gets fired if the Lions lose this game. Uh, let's go to the other game, Washington versus Dallas. Uh, similar to the Lions and Texans, this game doesn't seem too exciting, but it's for a playoff. Uh, it, both teams are still in the playoffs despite both teams being terrible, and that division is completely awful. But, again, Washington and Dallas still have a chance to make the playoffs, which is just unheard of because that division is probably the worst in football history. But, again, this game could be somewhat exciting because both teams are rivals. They're usually good football games. And, um, again, it's for a playoff spot right now. Who is the better team? Well, I would probably say the Washington football team is the better team. On paper, it's technically Dallas because they have so much talent. But Washington, I think, plays a little harder. And besides, I think the Reds are not the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team, I think, have the brighter future because I think Ron Rivera will eventually steer this team in the right direction. I don't think the Washington football team make the playoffs this year or maybe even next year. But I definitely think they're on the right track with Ron Rivera. Who do you like in this game? Well, I like the Washington football team in this game. 
Uh, the Cowboys or the Cowboys finally got their first win in a long time, and I think that kind of saved McCarthy's job because they still have a chance to make the playoffs and host the playoff game, by the way. But I do like the Washington football team in this game. Um, and I have them winning this game actually in kind of a, you know, a very boring and sloppy game. I think they win 23-13. And lastly, who wins the awful NFC East? Well, I think the Eagles hold on. I think the Eagles will eventually get their act together and end up winning six or seven games this season and win one of the worst division, or not the worst, one of the worst. It is the worst division ever. But I think the Eagles are able to win this division. A lot of people think the Giants are the best team. Um, they fight hard just like Washington does, but no, nah, I think the Eagles end up winning this division. Uh, that's my predictions. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sports Town Podcast. If you want to check out more videos of the Sports Town Podcast, click on the left. If you want to subscribe to the channel, click on the right.